Hello and welcome to this episode of... Oh, am I getting an echo? Say something. Hello. No, we're good. Okay, so as you now know, Andy is here. <laughs> How are you, Andy? How are you? How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Um, back to work after a couple of weeks off, so refreshed and ready to go. So, yeah, all good. Yeah, that gym looked amazing. Yeah, I think um, uh, my other half Laura was telling me that it's because apparently Men's Health is one of the top gyms in the world. So it's um, and weirdly enough, it's a guy from Edinburgh that owns it. No uh, way. Yeah, guy from Edinburgh that owns it. So uh, a guy called Ali. So yeah, it was you no know, impressive gym. It's just like it's like the Flintstones gym. Like the yeah. weights, the the dumbbells are all humongous. Like made from a, a type of Mexican tree. Um, so he's got like a cart, he's got like a joiner slash carpenter working for him now building kit full time. So it's a, it's a pretty impressive place. I uh, really liked the lap pull down that you could just put someone in. Ah, just jam them in it. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. The, 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 the kits like bamboo bars and stuff like that. It's, yeah, really, really, impre- really interesting, uh, really interesting concept. Don't think it would work in Portobello Beach, though. <laughs> Do you know what? It would work for about four days a year. Not yeah. sure how much money they could make in a gym that only opens four days a year, but, you know. Yeah, it's, it's worth a go. <laughs> That's our next venture, Andy. Porty Beach. Porty Beach. Maybe right. better to do something like Anstruther. It's probably a better idea. Really? But there's no people in Anstruther. <laughs> people will travel. You build it, they will come. But do you know what? They probably would to a gym like that that's very, like, Instagrammable. Yeah, very niche, I think. You, yeah. could, you could actually lo- put it in a location and get people to come to it. That's it. I think it's... I think that's it. Like, the gym there, it's in Tulum, which is two hours south of Cancun. It's like a, it's like a virtually a health retreat. So you've got like vegan hotels, you've got um, yoga retreats and stuff in that area. But people travel from Cancun down to it and stuff. So mm-hmm. you've got a lot of WBFF pros and IFBB pros and stuff go down and use it. So it's somewhere that people will go to travel to, to train at. So it's uh, yeah, it's got a, it's got a bit of a wow factor which people are going. Which if you've got if you're going down that that way, it's gonna work, isn't it? So. Yeah, for sure. Right, we so, should get on to the questions for this week. So, number one is from Claudia, which I think is a really, really interesting question. And it is, why do I feel hungrier after a blowout? Quote-unquote blowout. So, basically to elaborate on that a little bit, like after eating what people might term a cheat meal, which we obviously don't use here at ESG Fitness. But that kind of thing so like you've had a meal that's maybe off plan again that doesn't really count because it's not how we work but you kind of get the idea that it's maybe something you wouldn't normally eat um maybe it was like a burger and chips that kind of thing Uh, why do you feel hungrier after it and i know you've got quite a good answer for this andy so i'll let you go first yeah i think you a lot of the stuff like that kind of thing is that you're looking at um it's nutrient sparse food so it's there's not much nutrient quality to that kind of food so making you hungry although they're calorie dense the nutrients in them is very low so your body your body doesn't have anything to do with it it just goes straight through the system um so if you flip it on the other side and try and eat a nutrient dense cheat meal you're going to be there for months because like the same calories is going to be humongous amounts of food 
So, yeah. It goes through your body quicker. In fact, actually, I was chatting to somebody on Saturday night who has been doing a sh eliminating sugar from their diet, and then had a, had a, a, the wedding reception had ice cream, and it went straight through them. So your your body just goes, oh, don't need it anymore, and takes it right through. Um, but the kind of other things I'm looking at that as well are things like um, higher carb higher carbohydrate foods um, increase the demand for insulin, so you'd be more hungry after. A meal quicker, um, so um, and then I was doing obviously doing a little bit of research on the sort of the questions as well because we do that kind of stuff. Um, things like fatty fatty acids are the sort of cause of um, resistance of leptin, which leptin is the hormone that inhibits hunger. So if that's not working, you're going to be hungry quicker. So you know your your hormones have got a bit of, to do with that as well. So yeah, it's um, also as well. It's I think as well if you eat that kind of food. Your head wants more, so it's one of those ones, no matter how full you are, if you've eaten a burger and chips, you want it again, because it's food that's enjoyable, it's tasty, so you want more of it, which is, your head just goes, right, I'm still hungry, when in actual fact you probably aren't, you just need to just calm down a minute and let your stomach catch up, but I've, I've been there, I did that, I, I kind of, you do that sort of from time to time, but it's, um, yeah, it's, it's one of the reasons that you're well, you could, you know, I think a lot of it's your head going, I can eat as much of this as I can. It's like going to a Chinese booth, isn't it? Yeah. I eyes, are, eyes are bigger than your belly, or certainly in my case they are. <laughs> There's definitely a lot of like psychological factors in there. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I've got similar points written down here, but from maybe a slightly different perspective. So I've seen a lot of people mention leptin when it comes to this like sort of one-off blowout. And actually, I don't think leptin would have anything to do with this because leptin's more of um, a long-term regulation of hunger. Yeah. So it's more to do with your body fat level. So as you become very lean, hunger goes up, and that's basically a survival instinct. Um, but it takes quite a long time to reset leptin levels. Now, you'd be looking at a refeed of probably, you know, the research suggests something probably between, like, a couple of days to a couple of weeks to sort of yeah. see an increase in leptin levels. Yeah. Um, so leptin is a hormone that regulates hunger, but more on like a long-term level. What yeah. you may find is that ghrelin does play a bit more of a role here. So ghrelin is um, a more of an acute regulation of hunger. So it goes up before a meal, stimulates you to eat, and then it goes down after a meal. And it's also released when the, the stomach is stretched. So something Andy mentioned was that these are very nutrient-dense foods. Well, maybe not nutrient-dense, but definitely calorie-dense foods. Yes. Yeah. Meaning that, you know, for the same calories, you could eat a hell of a lot of higher-volume, lower-calorie foods, which is what we tend to promote is, like, choosing, especially if you're dieting or you're on fairly low calories, is choosing foods that are of a higher volume so that your stomach is a little bit stretched, so that ghrelin is released, and so that you feel fuller for longer. Plus, yeah. it takes you a bit longer to eat those foods. The other thing that might be missing in a... I don't even know how to... What, like, a dirty meal? I don't know. Whatever. In, like, a different kind of meal where you've got a bit more nutrient-dense foods. Do you know what's ridiculous? The extent that I now have to go to to basically say like bad food or cheat meal because we can't label foods now even though I need to say that just so everyone knows what I mean 
yeah. equally, that's not what I'm saying. It's not bad food. Of course, you can fit it's in your same, diet. It's the same as like, diet, uh, labeling something a diet. Like, yeah, diet no, is can't do that diet, very simple word that people have used, and now people hate it because it's been used in such bad ways for people. So yeah, it's all the connotations around things. Anyway, exactly. I'm sure people know what I mean. A bit of a blowout, which is the use, the words that Claudia used, so we can quote her there. Um, the other thing you'll find is that that possibly tends to be lower in protein, lower in fiber. These both appear lower in your digestive tract, and again via the gut-brain connection stimulates satiety. So if you're not getting much fibre, much protein, then that's another reason you might be feeling hungrier after. Um, there is also the theory around insulin, which may be slightly true. So just briefly, that theory would be that, especially if you're eating like sh quite sugary food, so let's say you had a donut or something, or and quite a high amount of that, more than what you would usually have, you would get a big release in insulin that maybe overshoots because your body doesn't want high blood glucose levels, those are toxic to your body. So it's trying to get as much glucose into the cells as possible so it's not going around in the blood. And that's what insulin does, it opens up yeah. your cells so that um, glucose can come in. Now if you sort of overshoot that then what's going to happen is that you end up having low blood glucose levels and your body doesn't like low blood glucose levels either, so it's going to be like, oh, eat more. And that tends to be, you know what, that does fit in quite nicely with when you do tend to feel hungrier after a bit of a cheat meal or a bit of a sort of quote-unquote dirty meal, whatever. Higher calorie foods, sugary foods. That's it. You end up, you're like, oh, it's like two hours later. How, why am I so hungry? Because I've already eaten like 2,000 calories today. That doesn't make any sense. Okay, well... Yeah. It's food volume, it's possibly low blood sugar, um, and it's not enough fiber, not enough, yeah. So, so there, there are various reasons. Hopefully that answers the question. Um, but it is an interesting concept, isn't it? That you're like, well, this doesn't make any sense. I've eaten more in terms yeah. of energy. It's because you, you kind of say, well, the calories are like, the calories are huge. So how am I, how am I still feeling hungry? Whereas I think for me, certainly, like, um, Personal experience, if I eat that, it's mine is more about the fact that I think I'm a competitive eater most of the time. So I'm like, I could probably eat that again. And you know what? I might just do it. But I think for for, for that kind of thing, mine's my, my is just like, and I probably would do it as well. Like, I'm, I'm horrific in these things. If I go to a Chinese buffet, or you can't get me out of the place. I need to be asked to leave because I can eat for fun. But then afterwards, you feel like, absolute crap so yeah know, it's, it's always what i really struggle with is like the way up between um like food waste which i hate but then also realizing that my body is not a bin <laughs> and like if i'm full i don't have to finish what's there but what we always told as a kid finish everything on your yes. plate so something and that that kind of goes against the grain when you're trying to if you are actually full Forcing more food in you is not, not the way to go. Well, so. I went through a stage of, so if no one could finish their food, basically my dad would eat it. And then yeah. I was like, that's really not good for my dad. So I'd go through a stage of like really trying to finish my whole plate just so that my dad would be like, oh, I'll just have that. Yeah. But obviously that's not probably a good thing either. Whereas the, the opposite was in my case was that I got my dinner on the table and my dad was already trying to eat mine so I had to be fast to eat it which is why I would probably be quite a good competitive eater so but yeah I think that's true. There's so many things that, um, 
we kind of have to unlearn like eating fast is not a good thing i have to consciously be like okay sit down relax like it's fine take your time no one's gonna steal your food but i think actually eating as a family it was kind of like that because you'd put stuff in the table it's like oh i want the best potatoes and also if you finish first and you want more then like you have to get in there don't you that's it yeah it's fight or flight (laughs) yeah um okay so move on to the next question this is from joe so she says no concerns as such but regards to fueling around exercise personally if i work out in the morning i'll have a coffee but i generally perform better doing my workout fasted but then post-workout i'm not hungry and sometimes can go until the late afternoon before i eat should i eat or have a protein shake anyway even though i'm not hungry this always confuses me as on the one hand it helps me keeps my overall calorie target i.e not eating till later in the day on the flip side, I know that I need to fuel my muscles for recovery. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I think it's, it's quite an interesting one. It's something that we discussed a while back because I did a bit of content on this. Um, so, fasted training, obviously, we know that fasted training is kind of one of these things that it doesn't really matter if you're doing training fasted or not. For me, it's about preference. So, First thing in the morning, I struggle to eat before I do things like if I'm doing cardio, so I'll do it fasted, but not because I'm thinking it's going to help me burn more calories, it's just because I don't want to be sick when I'm doing it. So um, when I played football, I always found it difficult as well, you know, I couldn't eat for an hour and a half before football and about two hours afterwards, so for me something like a protein shake was perfect, even if I didn't want to have it, I had to still get it in because you're still... Obviously, the, the thing that we talked about was ideally wanting to get protein in post-workout to allow recovery. Um, so that was actually what you, you – this is a direct quote from Emma was, I must remember, you can't adapt to training without enough energy, calories, or protein to adapt and grow. Training is the stimulus, nutrition to adapt. And that's pretty much perfect. You know, it's absolutely ideal about what you need to look at there. Um, you know, it's, it, it, I do find it tough to still eat after a training session, but you kind of have to remember that, you know, your recovery is the sort of the vital thing there. So being able to get something in, and a shake's always going to be easier. Something that's liquid-based is going to be much easier to intake than trying to eat, like, a full meal. Mm-hmm. Um you know, especially if you're trying to jam in like two chicken breasts or something like that. It can be quite a lot to try and intake when your stomach's already going, nah, I don't want any more. You drink a lot of water during your session, you know, you're, you've been training, you're finding, you're probably feeling a wee bit after training. Trying to then eat on top of that, it's, it's not fun. It's not a great, it's not great to try and force it in, although you do need it. So it's a shake's probably going to be the best way to get it. Yeah, you know, whereas, for instance, Shona, Shona's happy to train and then she'll eat a full meal afterwards. Whereas I just look at that and go, that's not for me, I can't do that. So it's a personal preference thing, I think. Yeah, I would 100% agree. I think. And some people can literally walk into the gym eating and then just start training. I'm like, yeah. oh, no, no, not for me. And no. I, I was the same. So when I was rowing, I found this really hard because we'd start on the water at, six in the morning which meant if you wanted to eat before or if I wanted to eat before that means getting up at like five to eat so that I could digest it to then go and like I was like yeah. no, no, I want I want my sleep so well I probably might get up before five anyway what I and I used to do that to and I think it's especially important when it's um, a performance related thing which obviously was for rowing 
And then I realized that actually it didn't improve my performance. If anything, it made it worse. And if I just had a big carby meal the night before, then I didn't actually need anything in the morning. So if you're looking at in terms of fuel for that session, like my glycogen stores are full. Like I've yeah. not done anything during the night. So, you know, I've not burnt a whole load of calories or you know, um, depleted my glycogen source, so they're all there for the session in the morning. So in terms of doing something, even quite high-intensity endurance-based work, which is what I was doing, doing that fasted, not really a problem. If yeah. that works for you. Now, some people do feel lightheaded or something doing that. If that's you, then obviously this is not appropriate to you, but if you don't struggle with that, and Joe obviously doesn't, she says she does a better workout fasted, I don't yeah. have a problem with that. There is something I have a slight problem with in this situation, which is that she says she doesn't eat then after until the late afternoon. That's a bit much for me. I think that's yeah. too long. Um, I would, and what I really like about Andy's suggestion of the drink is that it will still, you know, like a protein shake, it will still help you stick to your calorie target because one, protein shake's what, 100 calories? Not much yeah. at all. Um, and two, I think part of it is, and I know this is for me, like I tend to intermittent fast, so I won't have my first meal as my lunch. Now, what, and I will often have a shake after training if I train in the morning, but the point is I've not, like in my head, I've not really eaten anything. And what yeah. I find is that I'm not hungry until lunch now because I'm so used to it. However, if I do eat something, it almost, like, I call it, like, opens the gates of hunger. <laughs> like, yeah. if I had something small after training, I think I'd be quite hungry and want to eat again before lunchtime. Whereas yeah. if you wait till lunchtime to sort of open those gates, quote-unquote, then you've got, you know, you can have a couple of big meals, your, your lunch and your dinner, and maybe another meal in there, and that's your day, and it's quite easy to stick to those calories. Um, so I think having a protein shake is going to benefit you. It doesn't feel like eating, but you're still getting nutrients in. It's not particularly high in calories. It's easy. It's cheap. It's readily available. It's, so generally, it's also generally the macro that everybody struggles to get in. It's protein as well. So, you know, yeah, taking a protein shake, which is easy. And let's be fair, protein shakes taste a hell of a lot better nowadays. Like you've got some cracking, cracking ones, like some of the ready to drink ones, grenade, stuff like that. You know, USN's ones are good. So nice. But like you know, I remember when I first started training, like twenty five years ago, protein bars and protein shakes tasted like dog crap. They were honestly awful. Also, protein yeah. bars just used to be like consistently about five hundred calories. Five hundred calories of wood. They were like it, yeah. it was literally yeah. a jackhammer to break them into bits to eat them because they were so solid. Like, your dentist was going, have you been eating lots of sweets? No, just protein bars. So then teeth coming out. It's like eating toffee. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's, um, I love it as a personal friend. I'm the same. I very rarely eat before 11 o'clock, you know, and this is me. I'm now starting 12 weeks of putting on a bit, of putting on a bit of size now, and I'll probably still not eat until 11 o'clock. I'll struggle to eat before that. Um, so a shake in the morning is probably going to be the best thing for me to take in, to get protein in, to start getting calories in so yeah it's um i'm along that so intermittent fasting seems to be for me is the easiest way to, to be able to sort of implement calories better for me so yeah, and yeah for it, me, a lot of the reason i do it is actually productivity as well like if i get up and have breakfast i'm so much less productive because i'm faffing around getting breakfast if i get up obviously do my morning routine <laughs> 
and then <laughs> just like get on with work or get on with whatever I'm doing I'm so much more productive and then at lunchtime I tend to have a bit of a break and I'm like okay give my mind and body a bit of a break give it some fuel and then I get going again and Absolutely. that works really well for me not just from a like staying lean but also yeah. enjoyment of food productivity sort of benefits me for everything it's where it fits into your lifestyle isn't it it's, you yeah. know someone who works starts work at seven in the morning in, a, in an office you know and finishes at four you know potentially that's somebody that doesn't that could potentially benefit from not from skipping breakfast you know as i say somebody who you know i think there was the big one was that the breakfast is the most important meal of the day it was a study funded by kellogg's mm-hmm. funnily enough who make breakfast cereal so also, you know also, it's yeah the study had so, so many thoughts so it only showed that do you know what? i haven't looked in, in ages so i'm not sure i'll totally nail this but basically the study was based on they had one group that had breakfast one group that didn't have breakfast and then they measured how much food they would eat at lunch okay so obviously the group who hadn't eaten all day ate more at lunch so they're like right if you skip breakfast you're going to overeat at lunch what they didn't record was the fact that if you they didn't overeat more than the calories that the other group had in breakfast if that makes sense so yeah. in terms of total calories, you were still better off skipping breakfast. Yes, you ate more at lunch, unsurprisingly, but not yeah. so much more that you would have been better off having breakfast. So yeah, actually, that exactly. study didn't... Cherry-picking cherry picking studies is virtually the way it is. Like, their actual study is just how you interpret those results. So if you just said, do you know what, you'll eat more at lunch if you skip breakfast, people are like, oh, that must be bad. But yeah. people have said, you'll eat more at lunch, but still less calories than if you had had breakfast. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, well, yeah. I would expect that, to eat more at lunch. Yeah. On that kind of tangent, it's quite funny. One of my clients, he is in medical research, so clinical trials and stuff. And he was telling me about how these guys um, cherry-pick studies. So they look at, like I say, 1,000 people were studied. What they do is they only studied 50 people. So it means that they then times it by whatever it is to make to 1,000 to then get their numbers right. And I was like, really? He was like, yeah, yeah, that's how a lot of these guys do it. He goes, it's, it's shady as hell. Yeah, he goes, a lot of these guys fudge the results by cutting down the numbers. They'll do five control groups, or like five groups. They'll pick out the best group, and then they'll times it by whatever factor it is to make it to 1,000, and then they publish the results. So, yeah, it's, you know, yeah. There's so much um, like publication bias and things like yeah. that. It's it's really you, quite it's scary. Some, you want to study to show something, you will find a way to make it show. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's going to make you money off the back of it. Yeah, and then I think like sports science is often in a way even worse because the the numbers like in most um, clinical trials they do genuinely have really quite high numbers because it's well funded because you know they've got the money to do that but in most yeah. sports science studies you know, you're looking at some of them have like 12 participants and you think, right, that. yeah if you've got- those people have got to take time out of their day and they're not getting paid for it yeah s so so short on cash so yes yeah and if you get maybe like one or two like outliers mm. you're sorted like you've got a significant result there Laughing. Yeah. Um, okay. So just to round up that question, I guess in broad senses, it's talking about fueling around your workouts now in, again, very broad terms, but I think it's a very good idea to get in protein at least within an hour before or after your workout. 
maybe not an hour like maybe two hours it doesn't do you know what that part doesn't hugely matter because the amino acids in your blood take a while to what well, the protein takes a while to break down and then the amino acids in your blood and that spike like it it does tend to take about two hours anyway so any point around your workout within two hours I'm quite happy with you know what in an ideal world you'd probably do both but if that doesn't yeah. suit you it doesn't hugely matter like we're talking so, about like I didn't even know if you wouldn't be able to measure the benefit of that and realistically you know if you came to me saying I'm a bodybuilder I want to compete I want to my optimal goal is to build as much muscle mass as possible and be in the absolute best shape of my life then I'd be like right we're gonna do everything we can to do that if you're yeah. telling me I've got a busy life I just want to be lean and have a busy life, and live for, you know, all these other things going on, it's not my one sole priority, then yeah. let's put that in perspective. Um, exactly. Okay, next one. I, I'm quite interested in this one. So, and this is, by the way, because I know that she will listen, very, very out of character for this client, and secondly, she's completely changed, her, like, she literally sent me a message after this message saying, I've just been to the gym and I feel completely different. Please just ignore that message. But I thought this was quite useful because a lot of people feel like this from time to time at least. So this was completely out of character, but a check-in from a client. So she says she's feeling quite frustrated, sick of counting calories and thinking about food and looking at myself in the mirror and checking that I'm still thin. I think about food all the time. I'm constantly annoyed that I just can't eat what I want and more. So still after nine months, I want to eat stuff that is not good for me or not good for the leanness level that I want to get at, want to stay at. I know it's a choice and this is definitely what I want more, but I'm sick of the whole bloody thing. <laughs> I feel like I am a recovering alcoholic. Can I decide she's often quite dramatic? This is like sort of tongue in cheek as well. It sounds really bad, but you kind of have to know to know. Um this is what it must be like to be a recovering alcoholic. Every day is a billion choices and opportunities to fuck up. I can't believe I just won the podcast, but I'm Or get it right. <laughs> I know. But um, it's such a lot of pressure. So those kind of feelings. And I think it's inevitable for everyone to feel like that from time to time. I know that like I kind of get days like that. Like I think... And she was saying, actually, I spoke to her again this morning. And she was like, oh, I just listened to last week's podcast about you speaking about how you sort of become the person who makes better choices or you become the person who always, you know, leaves a bit on their plate or the, the person who always gets their steps in or the person who always goes to the gym. And she's like, why am I not that person yet? And to be totally honest, I'm not that person. But the difference is that, you know, nine times out of ten, I am that person. But there'll always be the day where I'm like, I can't be able to go to the gym. Or, do you know what? I want to eat the rest of that cheesecake. And I know that I'm full. And sometimes I'll do it and then I'll be like, I didn't need that. So I'll learn from it and probably not do it again for a couple of months. Or, you know, whatever. I think the point is, no one's perfect. And no one, as much as I'm saying, oh, you become this person. Like, you do. But you always still have to make these choices. And some days it's harder to make these choices than other days. Of, of course it is. I think it's, it's one of those ones that, if, you know, it's very tough. On one hand, you're, trying, you're wanting to make the changes, but on the other hand, there's a lot to think about and there's a lot which can be frustrating and quite scary about what you're doing. Um, but rather than thinking about making all those changes in one go, 
think about small steps. Small steps are still progress. Like no matter if it's one thing you change a week, you know, it's still progress as the weeks go on. You know, making small changes so they impact less on your lifestyle and your mental state more than anything else. You know, if one of these things, if you, like the analogy I used was trying to change too many things at once is like trying to learn how to juggle with 20 balls rather than starting with three. You know, you start with three, it, you know, it's one of the things that I tried to learn when I was a kid. Managed to juggle with three balls, but if I tried to learn the 20 balls at one time, you've got no chance, absolutely no chance. So like small steps. And I think that you need to, you need to remember that you're not the only person in that boat, you know, You've got a whole community with the Commit to Six guys or the Team U. You know, there's a whole community there who are going through the same things. You know, and myself, you and Shona will go through these things as well. We'll have days where I can't be asked training. And I'll be honest, I didn't train, I've not trained the last two days. I got back from holiday on Friday, played football on Friday night, and then Saturday, Sunday, I just couldn't be asked to go to the gym. So I didn't, I didn't bother going to the gym because well, I just didn't want to go. Yeah, that's an interesting thing as well. And I think so. If you came to me and said, oh, Emma, I can't bother to go to the gym today, I'd be like, don't go. But yeah. if other people came to me and said, because you love the gym and I know you love working out, so don't push it when you don't feel like it. Because I know for a fact today you're buzzing to get in the gym, am I right? Yeah, yeah, oh, 100%. Exactly. So, but if you're the, you've kind of got to check yourself. Like, if you're the kind of person, and like, I know my clients well enough to know that some of them I'm like, just go, you'll feel better. And other ones I'm like, okay, this never happens, so let's have a day off, because I know for yeah. a fact, tomorrow you're going to want to, you are going to want to train. Exactly. Um, I think it's, you know, I think a lot of it's about the, the pressure that, the pressure that everybody's going through about making changes, you know, it's something I tell a lot of my clients about, like social media, for instance, the pressure to be lean on social media, because everybody's shredding, but in actual fact, you follow the 95% of the people you follow on Instagram are the 2% of people who are shredded all year round. So, like, actually, you're 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 watching a bunch of people who are the outliers of what you're looking at. So it's kind of a bit of an unfair reflection on your own life because you then start thinking, oh, actually, why am I not this lean? 95% of these people that you follow are professional athletes, and they need to be lean all year round because they're competing or they're doing photo shoots. Is that what you do? Or are you uh, an office worker? Are you a stay-at-home mum or dad? Are, you know, do you really need to be that lean? You know, it's kind of you're setting yourself up to feel when you're looking at these things. So yeah, I remembering think the mindset side of it as well, like, and because I guess you were saying to me this morning, like, oh, you know, I wish I was. Why am I not that person yet? Why am I not like you? And you just make these choices, and it's easy. And I'm like, it's not easy. And actually, like, no, it, it isn't. And I'm sorry that, like, that sort of breaks your illusion that, oh, at some point it just clicks and becomes easy. Like, yeah, it's a hell of a lot easier. Yeah. Um, but it's never going to be easy. No. Um, it's, it's the same thing as because, you're, because of what we do. People say, oh, you must, you know, you must live in the gym. I'm like, well, you know, and it must be so easy. It's so easy for you to train. Yeah, I, 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 work, I work in a gym. I work with clients. But still, there are days where I've got to pull my finger in the backside and motivate myself to go to the gym. You know, I'm sitting going, oh, I really can't be bothered, but you know what? I'm going to go do it. Yeah. So, you know, it's not, it's not... It's about social media as well. It's even that, might, like, I always put across a positive mindset. Because genuinely, I do have a very positive mindset. But even if I had a day where I'm like, oh, do you know what? Really can't... Like, I'm not going to put up 
demotivate things. I can't be bothered to go to the gym. I just want to eat everything inside. I just want, you know, I don't think that's helpful to people. So I don't put it out there. Doesn't mean that we don't feel like that from time to time. I think that's inevitable and, and everyone feels like that. And I think my point on that would be like, stop being scared of it being hard. Like it's not meant to be easy. And no, it's not. It's not, nothing's easy. Like you know, you look at anything in life; it's all going to be testing it. You know, I think the biggest one for the biggest one that people need to remember is, is that we're all in it together. No matter if it's you, me, Shona, or the guys that are doing your committed section, the team, you stuff. You know, seek advice from the others because they're in the same boat as you. You know, you see the support network that you've got because, like, even being away when I've been away on holiday, like, everybody's answering each other's questions, they're all helping each other out. You know, it's, it's, I said that to, I think it was on one of Neil's, Neil's ones, was like, I'm, like, I'm inspired by you guys. You guys are here helping each other out. You're backing each other up. You're motivating each other. You're helping coach each other. You know, that's what it should be about. It's a community. This is the whole thing. It's like, it makes exactly, it so much easier. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, you guys inspire, like, well, one, we wouldn't be doing a podcast if we didn't have absolutely amazing questions from people and, like, things that people are struggling with that they're happy to share so that everyone's learning and that, you know, it's an amazing community and that's something that, like, I'm massively grateful for and to everyone that contributes to that as well. Even if you're not someone who, you know, if you're someone who doesn't particularly like social media but you ask yeah. brilliant questions in your check-ins, like, that's just as important as well. And oh, 100%. It's, you know, it's, you know, you look at, you know, my clients, this is the reason I do this. The, the reason I do what I do, you know, never, this whole thing at the moment with this thing, people going, oh, earn six figures a month as being a personal trainer. If you want to be a PT, I'm going to give you some real hard knowledge here. You're not going to make that money. It's as simple as that. It's a job that you are here to help people. You have to be good with people, like, like being able to deal with people well. But for me, like, I'm, like, I, there's not a day where I'm not inspired by my clients. Like, you know, whether it be a little bit of knowledge that I'm getting from a client who's a lawyer or, you know, somebody's just giving me a wee snippet of information. And I'm like, oh, wow, I can use that in my day-to-day life. You know, I'm inspired by all my clients. This is why I do it. It's why, why I do what I do. So, yeah. you know, it's, you know, well, you these, know guys, these guys I, motivate me. Yeah, you know how much I hate all that, like, six-figure bullshit. I'm like, if you want to go make money, fuck off and be a salesman. Like, this isn't about that. There is no place for that in the fitness industry. I don't want any no. of it. Like, it, what annoys me so much is it's never like, oh, okay, do you know what? If it was, you're a brilliant PT and your knowledge is amazing, let me offer you a platform so that more people can hear that. Great. Mm. Well, yes, I'm, I'm all behind that. If it's, yeah. I don't care who you are. Just give me your money so I can make you more money. Piss off. You don't deserve to be in the fitness industry. Like, if you're not passionate about this job, it's not, do you know what? It's not a job. If you want a job, go and get a job. Like, this is, it, it's going to be long hours. You're going to have to put in more than what you get back at a lot of the time. You're going to have to answer clients late at night. You're going to have to be a bit of an agony aunt, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. If you well, don't I, love I, it. I, I think I saw, I saw one today, actually. I, I, I want to say, I can't remember who it was, but someone said that. If you're getting into the fitness industry and you expect not to work Saturday, Sundays, good luck to that. Because yeah. that's not how it works. You know, I don't work with clients on a Sunday, but I'm still dealing with stuff with check-ins and stuff like setting programs up on a Sunday for clients for the, the following week. So, you know, if you want a job Monday to Friday, 9 to 5, 
fitness industry is not going to be for you. Yeah. It's just that's just the way it is. It's, and you'll get you this know. as well. But like, I've got mates who are like, oh, like, why are you working on the weekend or whatever? And like, doing what I do is a privilege, and I genuinely love it. So I oh. don't care for working on the weekends or late at night. Like, yeah, it's a choice, it's, and I want to it, choose it. It's a choice because you, we love what we do. You know, we love working with clients, and that's you know, I'm if I if I work on a Sunday, it's because I want the best of my clients. It's as simple as that, and I'm, I love what I'm doing to help them. You know, and that's it. You know, it's 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 not for me working on a Sunday and doing a few hours work doing programs and stuff isn't a chore. It's enjoyable. I get up and I'm like, right, let's get this done. You know, yeah, want to help help move them through the week. This is such a good point to sort of bring back to this point from I'm not even going to name her um but it's reframing your mindset around it so as much as we're saying like yeah do you know what we work long hours and stuff but it's reframing your mindset to like I get to work long hours on a career that I love doing something that I love and I make money from it like honestly what could be better in my view whereas someone else would look at that and like you've got no life balance you're working all the time blah 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 okay, that's your interpretation of it, that's someone else's. Yeah. And the same is true for dieting. You can look at it from this perspective of, I can't have that, I have to go to the gym, I have to get my steps and I have... No, 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 no. It's, I get to do these things. They're not a chore. It's an absolute privilege to be able to diet. Like, look at yeah. people who don't have enough food, who, who can't choose when and when not to eat, who can't fuel their body with the right foods, who can't... Maybe people who can't exercise, people who can't get their steps in. Like... You were so privileged to be able to make this choice. So privileged that many of us pay for gym memberships. We pay to go to the gym. We don't get paid to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. So you know it is. It's, you're you're totally right there. It's, you know what we're doing, what we do to get to stay fit, to look better, to feel better. You know it's something that we make a choice, and it's a privilege to be able to do it. But as you look to like some third world countries, they don't have a choice in what they eat or what water they drink. They don't have a choice to go to the gym, you know. So we look, you've got to look at it as this is something that I've made a choice from. Yes, it's going to be difficult, there, but there are support. There's a support network there for you, and use it. It's as simple as that. You know, and, we're we're and, in a good place. Yeah, for me, when it comes to dieting, and this has always been so useful to me, and I think it's why I would probably never do well competing because there is that kind of pressure on you that you have to be in shape by X day. But whenever I want anything, right, it's always a choice. So, you know, this whole, I have unconditional permission to eat, totally behind that. I can eat whatever I want, whatever I want, but everything has consequences. So is this the right choice for me? Do I want to eat this because I know in an hour I'll be hungry? Do I want to eat this because it won't fuel me? Do I want to eat this because I know it's going to put me over my calories? But it's always a choice. You you can stop at any time. There's no... Like, I think people feel so restricted on a diet because of their mindset around that. And yeah. It's not that. Like, this is a complete choice. Stop whenever you want, if you want to. If you want to get closer to your goals, you'll have to keep making these choices. Yeah. And that's... It's, it's, the, it's, it's, it's always about there's going to be... You've got to have this... It's as simple as that. And it's, are you willing to give it or not? Are you willing to make the sacrifice to get where you want to go? You know, that's not being like, that's like, you know, as a volleyballer, you're going to have to sacrifice and probably miss out on nights out, going out for dinner with, with friends and family and stuff. But just at a lower level, you know, things like, it's just simple stuff. Well, I'm going to have to miss out on that packet of buttons because it puts me on my calendar on it. Is that such a, is that, is it, for me, 
is it such a big deal? Probably not. But it's one of those ones. You, there's always going to be something that has to give. You're always going to have something that needs to, the cap, the straw that breaks the camel's back. And are you willing to break the back or are you willing just to go, actually, you know, we're not going to do that. It's, it's a, it, are you right? It's a total mindset thing. It's about, you know what, grab it with two hands and go for it. It takes a long time to like build and to change and there's no just like quick fix and I think a lot of people come to work with us like to change their mindset and part of that is like listening to us ramble like this like and speaking yeah. about things and stuff that we've struggled with and how you know mindset isn't a I think people see it as like a sort of thing that just happens but it's not you have to keep working on it it's like a muscle you have to keep working on it every day you always have to make these choices it's it's a choice it's to have so many mindset. people talk about mindset nowadays that it's like it's something that just clicks. It's not. There's so something. You're so it's lucky a, you have a positive mindset. No, no, no. It's not luck. Like I it's not, yeah, exactly. And you know, we you know, we've all we all have you we've all got crappy days and the things that you know our clients clients don't know that's happened in our lives and in the background of our lives. But it's about you know, it's about turning up and making sure that your that your that your head's in the right place, you know, and that's the big one. You know, I think a lot of people, if they see me on my social media, I think that I'm a bit of a ranty, grumpy bastard. But in actual fact, I'm the complete opposite. I'm actually like I'm. I mind is always about positivity. Like one of my clients asked me this morning, "Or oh, are you back to the stress at work?" I was like, "No, work isn't stress for me. Like work is not a stress. I love it. I absolutely love it. So I'm motivated as hell. Like I had two days off the gym." I felt a little bit guilty about not going to the gym yesterday, but I decided to sit and play the PlayStation because I was knackered. So woke up this morning and I was like, I'm motivated as hell to get to work. Like, I'm ready to go. I've had two weeks off work. It's the longest, that's first holiday, my first holiday in about five years. But it's like, I'm ready and ready to get back to work because I want to help people. I'm ready well, to help. We have I mean, I'm motivated so my clients should be motivated. Yeah, so, we've got a lot of big plans. So exactly, it's exciting times. I'm going to finish off there because I've got a client, you've got a client, but we need to get back to work. Exactly. <laughs> um, pleasure chatting to you as ever. As always, pleasure chatting to you too. Um, give us some feedback on the podcast if you liked it, share it, etc., etc. If there's anything else you want us to cover, again, mention it in check-ins with either of us, um, or post in the group, or you know, whatever. Just get the questions to me. I will collate them all, and we will discuss. Sorted. Goodbye. Have a good one.